0: Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. Today, I think we're going to end the series with honestly the most practical message of the four weeks. And so, if you got a copy of God's Word, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So 1 Corinthians 13, and I know that we've ran out with Bibles, there's maybe one in the back. I just want you to know that we've purchased a lot more Bibles and hopefully they'll be here this upcoming week, but grab a Bible, Bible app. It's always better if you follow along with me, but God's again gonna do something great in our lives. So 1 Corinthians 13, and here in just a moment, I'm gonna start in verse four. And I'm gonna read all the way through the beginning of verse eight. And if you don't have a Bible, Bible app, words will be on the screen behind me and then also on the lower part of your screen online. First Corinthians 13, verse four. And I'm gonna read out the NIV, the New International Version. Here's what it says. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Verse seven, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. Now keep your Bible or Bible app open, but everybody look at me for just a moment here. The reason why we had Tony do that song a moment ago is because even though what we just read is what God's best is for our relationships, how many of y'all know they don't always look like that, right? We've got issues and struggle and heartache and pain, things that we are working through. And that's all of us, including the guy speaking to you today. And so I want you to see this text in maybe a different way than you've seen it before because you've probably heard this at a wedding, right? This is the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. I know that I've read these words at a lot of weddings that I've officiated, and they sound great. They're very poetic. That's awesome. But I want you to know that here on this page, in your Bible, in my Bible, these words aren't just pretty, even though that's true. They're not just great one-liners, even though that's true, but they are very, very practical. And this passage, honestly, before God, before you, has shaped my wife Isabel and I's marriage. It has shaped it. We are better because of this text and us applying it to not just our marriage, but other relationships as well. And so I want to encourage you, uh, just, just right here from the beginning, this message is not for your best friend that you wish was here, or your uncle and you know, his relationship. No, no, no. This message is for you, okay? Because all of us can do better in relationships. And if you agree with me, would you say amen? Okay, all right. I'm talking to the right people here. Keep your Bible open, but let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've already done today in first service, and God, what I know, just in faith, you're gonna do in this service. And, and God, I pray that, that for the first time guest all the way to the season saint, I pray, God, to all of us, you would speak a clear, profound word that would change our very lives, our relationships. I pray, God, as I do every single week, that you would speak to me and through me for your people. And God, as we lean into the text, as we don't just read the Bible, when we invite your word the bible to read us i pray god that we would have at least one thing two things three things that we can apply today to our lives to make all relationships that we have better god i pray you'd heal i pray you'd offer hope as i've said a lot throughout this series this series is not to shame anyone's past it's from this day forward and so god i believe that as we follow your word our future is bright god we give this service to you we give this message to you And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you agree with me, would you say amen? Amen. So be it. Today we're going to look at this passage and these verses from a different angle than maybe you're expecting. And, And so if you're taking notes, write down the title. If you're not taking notes, you should write down my title today. I think it's going to stick with you. But I'm calling this message, The Seven Deadly Sins of Relationships. You don't remember that one the seven deadly sins of relationships. And honestly, uh, I've struggled with all of these. And so I think all of us have at some point struggled with most, if not all of these things. And so today I'm gonna give you the deadly sin first, and then I'm also gonna give you the solution, okay? And so I hope you take a lot of notes, whether you're married or not. And honestly, if you're single or single again, this message is still for you because you can apply it to those close friendships, those family relationships, but you can also apply it to any future relationship that you may have. And so we're going to go through the seven deadly sins of relationships, the seven struggles that God wants to help us overcome. Here's the first deadly sin of relationships, if you're taking notes. Number one is scoreboarding, scoreboarding. The Bible says at the end of verse five, if you still got it open, that love keeps no record of... Of wrongs doesn't keep score, which means hear me that when we fight, we shouldn't keep score and we shouldn't bring up old fights into the current fight. We shouldn't do that. Now notice I said when we fight, not if we fight. Okay? It's so funny. I'll I'll be counseling uh, young couples engaged that they're about to get married, and and I ask them, hey, tell me about one of your you know your most recent fights. And here's what they say to me without fail: We never fight love him i just love her we're never gonna argue we're just we're so in sync you know you know what i say to them you'll learn baby (laughs) a real relationship has conflict that would have been a good spot to say amen okay a real relationship not something fake or fictitious or on the hallmark channel okay a real relationship it's going to have conflict there's going to be arguments there's going to be disagreements in fact every strong relationship has conflict now in full disclosure for this message uh, just before my wife and i we wrote this again together but just before we started writing it this past week on monday on our way in the car together on the way to the building here to prepare this message on the way we got in a fight and we weren't trying to do it for illustration okay it wasn't fun but but we had to work through that and in fact just kind of pro tip i've said this before but in our marriage, we don't call it fighting. We call it intense fellowship, okay? So we don't fight. We have intense fellowship. And by the way, if you're married, you can steal that and use that. I don't need any credit. And so we had intense fellowship earlier this week. But again, we had to work through it. And so I just wanna just put this out there and just get rid of that guilt that's associated with the arguments and disagreements. And here's what you need to know that it is okay, in fact, it is healthy to have arguments with your spouse or with that person you're in that close relationship with. That's okay and that's healthy. Here's what's not okay, fighting dirty. So it's not that you had a fight, it's that you fought dirty. That's what's not healthy, that's what's actually toxic. And one of my big problems, because I promised you last week that I'm gonna pull back the curtain and share with you all the struggles and all the issues, okay? So you're gonna get a lot of that today. Uh, I don't do everything poorly, but I I do have a lot that God is working on me. Um, But one of my big problems, and I've gotten better, but it's still a problem every once in a while. One of my big problems is that when me and my wife, uh, Isabel, whenever I argue with her, um, I turn into, and I don't know why this happens, it just happens, but I turn into a lawyer slash preacher when we're arguing, how many of y'all know that's a bad combination, right? You don't want to argue with that kind of person. And so what I do, and again, I'm not trying to do this, but after she shares, I, you know, I stand up and I'm like ready to go. I got my three points. Now today I got seven points, but I got three points. I got three illustrations. I got my evidence to show her why she's wrong and my rights. How many of y'all know I got some learning to do, <laughs> And so I step up and I, I say, and I don't say anything mean, but I'm like, hey, this is why I'm right. And this is why, why? I wanna win. I, I, I'm competitive by nature. And so I wanna win every argument and I'll try to, I'll try to move things around to put myself in a good light. I'm a lawyer slash preacher. How many of y'all know that is not a good thing for Isabel? She don't wanna sit and listen to a sermon when we're having an argument, right? She, she ain't married to a lawyer. And so I've got to do better at that. In fact, this is something that was a game changer for me. Here's what I'm learning, is that if just one of us wins the fight, we actually both lose. Y'all didn't get it, I almost said it again. I'm learning this, that if one of us, even if I'm right and she's wrong or vice versa, that if just one of us wins the argument or the fight, we both lose. Here's the key. Married people, please hear me. It's not who won, W-O-N, it's being one, O-N-E. That's the goal. What we've been talking about from Genesis 2 all the way, the book of beginnings, and God's marriage is best. What he has for us, it's one plus one equals one. One flesh, united together. And so I've gotta learn, and I'm learning, that it's not about, hey, I need to win this. It's actually us being in unity together. When one person wins, we both lose so here's what my wife and I are trying to do practically as you've heard already we're not perfect at it um, but we are doing better at this we're working really hard on our marriage so here's a couple of things just very practical that you can apply they won't be on the screen but you can write them down if God speaks to you like hey I need to try that but one thing that we do is we try not to keep mental receipts of past arguments you know one thing that's real popular right now that phrasing in sports world you'll know I like sports is all these athletes, especially when they win the big game, in the interview afterwards, they say this, hey, we've been keeping mental receipts of all those people that doubted us, of all those people that said things against us, that didn't believe in us. And I get that sports people say that, but in relationships, that is very, very toxic, okay? And so we try not to bring the past into the present, even if it's the same fight. And we talked, fought about it then and we're fighting about it now. We try not to keep mental receipts of past fights. Once it's over, it's over. And every fight is a different fight, a different thing. It's not adding on to one before. Here's another one for us and this is big and I hope you apply this to your marriage, your close relationships. But in our marriage, we never make threats, never. We don't ever bring, and this is gonna sound extreme, but we extremely care about our marriage. And so we never bring up the word divorce, never. In fact, the only time I say it is like in the church context when I'm preaching or counseling a couple that's thinking about filing. It's like, we don't say that word at home. Well, that's extreme pastor. Again, I extremely care about my marriage. So here's what happens is a married couple, they will use that even in a half joking way. Like, oh, you do that again, I'm gonna divorce you. And they make it funny. But I'm just here to tell you today, it's, it's, it's not funny. And even if you laugh a little bit, here's what's happened in reality. You have sowed a seed and you don't want that seed to grow and produce fruit because that's fruit you do not want to eat. And again, I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning your past. Remember this day forward, let's set some boundaries here. And so we never make threats, not in a joking way, it's off limits. Here's another big one. Isabel and I have made a commitment to each other that when we have intense fellowship, when we fight, when we argue, when there's conflict there, we never bring our parents, our siblings, or close friends into the fight with us. I'm glad y'all listening to me, man, because this is, this is important. Like, like, we don't do that. We, we don't. Now, now, here's the problem. When you get, especially when you believe you're right, especially when you know you're right, it is so easy it's a temptation right that we have to vent to somebody can I believe they don't see my way i can't believe they're doing this it's so obvious right and we go to somebody who loves us who's probably known us longer than they've known our spouse who's got a better relationship what, what are we really doing we are going to someone to prove us right and make us feel better about our stance. But that actually is very, very toxic. And if you're doing that from this day forward, let's set that boundary there, you're not gonna go there. Here's the problem with this, is when I vent to my brother, if it was my brother, I vented to a close friend, whoever are my parents, eventually, and I hope this would be the case for you, but eventually me and Isabel, we're, we're, we're gonna work through that issue, right? That's the goal that we're gonna get past that conflict, that we're gonna be better for it. The problem comes is that that person I vented to, they weren't there when we had conflict resolution. And I could tell them all about it, but they weren't there. They didn't hear the apologies. They didn't see the prayers. They didn't see the tears. Are y'all with me, church? And so what happens is we move on, but they can't move on because they weren't there. And so they, from this day forward, they have a skewed view of that person. And so it doesn't bring unity, it brings division. So it's okay to fight, you just gotta fight fair. So what's the solution to this? The solution is go straight to God, go straight to your spouse, and and, and here's really the big deal, forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness, this is the solution. So you go to each other, you say, hey, we're gonna work this out together, that relationship, we're gonna work this out together. I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, we're gonna forgive, we're gonna walk in forgiveness. If you need to, pray together before the Lord. And then if you feel like you can't get through it, there is another option, here's the other option. You call a pastor, you call our office, somebody you trust who loves God and loves both of you. If that doesn't work, and we'll meet with you for free, there's no cost to that, if it doesn't work, and, and you need more, we'll refer you to a Christian license, licensed counselor. And if that's an issue money-wise, we'll help pay some of that. We can't pay all, we'll help pay some of that. Like there, there is hope but you gotta walk out that forgiveness. You, you gotta let it go, you, you gotta heal. Some of you have just been its like swiping that thing and that issue, because you don't wanna, nobody likes conflict, I get it, but you're putting it underneath the rug, underneath the rug. Well, right now in your apartment, in your living room, in your house, you have a huge mountain in the middle of it. And at one time it was a rug, but now it's a rug that's trying to cover up all these issues that you have never worked through, and it will trip you up. It will cause an issue. And so the cure, the solution is forgiveness to walk that out. If you're with me, say I'm with you. Okay, number two, I can't spend this much time on all of them, I'll go through some of these pretty quick. Number two, the second deadly sin of relationships is selfishness, selfishness. Let's be real, selfishness is one of the greatest sins in relationships that we all deal with. Like, like, like it's, 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 it's an issue for all of us. Prove it to me, pastor, I'll prove it to you. We were all born into sin, born into selfishness. That's why you don't have, and trust me, I know I got three of them. You don't have to teach a baby to say no. You don't have to teach a baby to say mine, right? Barney doesn't teach that. Sesame Street, Elmo doesn't teach that. God knows Coco Melon doesn't teach that, right? They learn that all on their own, why? Because we are born into sin, our fallen nature. We are selfish. A kid's like, that toy is mine. Even if they gave it up willingly before and you're having fun with it in that moment, it's mine again, right? Like it's mine, that's just how it is. And so we are all selfish by nature, but it's a deadly sin of relationships. And so in our lives, the greatest way to defeat selfishness is by serving, serving, serving each other. What did the Bible say? Again, this is all from the text, verse by verse. The Bible says, love is not self-seeking. And I'm just gonna be real blunt. But here's the truth. The worst, I'll talk marriage for a moment, the worst marriage is two selfish people. The absolute worst. But on the other side of it, the best, greatest, strongest marriages are two people trying to outserve each other. In fact, there has never been a married couple that has gotten divorced in the history of the world when both were trying to outserve one another. The issue is, at least on one side, probably on both sides, there was. Selfishness, well, you're not meeting my needs. Doesn't that sound like a kid again? Mine, you're not taking care of me. When's the last time you did this for me? We are going back, reverting back to our selfish nature that is not of God. And so the way to combat that is to serve. Husbands, the best thing you can do this week is go to your your, your wife and say, honey, how can I serve you? Now, after you say that, you're gonna have to pick her up off the floor and lift her back up because she just passed out and say it again, honey, how can I serve you this week? Ladies, the best thing that you can do for your man is come to him sometime today and say, 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 baby, you look good, have you been working out? How can I serve you this week? Now he's gonna ask you to repeat that again because he didn't hear it all the way, wait, wait, what? I'm telling you, when you serve each other, God gets involved in the middle of it. So the best relationships are most healthy, I'm not trying to get something from you. I actually want to give something to you. All right, third deadly sin. Number three is another big one. Well, they're all big. That's why I picked them with my wife. But number three is this. The third deadly sin of relationships is belittling. Belittling. 1 Corinthians thirteen five says that love does not dishonor others. It doesn't dishonor others. And the way to fight against this is encouragement. Encouragement. You know, sometimes we, we speak the best about people we don't even know, you know, and, and then we just don't say anything nice. In fact, if you think something nice about your spouse or about that person you're in a relationship with, say it. Well, they know I think that. No, they don't. <laughs> say it again and again, like on repeats. They cannot read your mind. I tell my wife that I can't read your mind. Like, I can't. I wish I could, but I, but I can't. And that goes for all of us. And so say what you're thinking, you know, this, this really just hurt my heart, blew my mind a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I've done most, most of my speaking here at the church, but I've been invited by a friend to speak at this teenager, young adult, like weekend retreat uh, in, in Cyprus, not too far from here at another church. And so I was speaking to them. And then that next day, this kind of like the opening rally. And that next day they were gonna go and, and serve their city. And my friend, he's doing an awesome job there. It's incredible. Uh, but one thing that really hurt my heart, blew my mind is, is one of the leaders there and, of course, I'm not going to say the church or anything like that, but one of the leaders, not my friend, but one of the leaders, um, in front of everybody, right after the event, this was a Friday night, um, he belittled his wife. Like, hardcore. And, and here's what he did. He, he made fun of her weight. And, and you could tell, like, like, it hurt her, obviously. It would hurt anybody. And she laughed it off, and he thought it was hilarious. How I many y'all know it wasn't hilarious? If I would have known him, I would have said something. If I didn't know him, it wasn't you know, my church. Uh, that, so I didn't say anything, but it just really hurt my heart. And, and so I just wanna encourage husbands and wives, like, like don't joke like, about those things because what does it do? Again, it sows a seed. We wanna make sure we don't belittle. I, I love even the breakdown of that word, right? When you belittle your spouse, belittle someone in your relationship, you're making them little, you're making them small. And then on the other side of this encouragement, what God has for us, what do you do when you encourage somebody? You are putting courage in them. It's a good way to remember it, right? I don't wanna make them small. I wanna put courage in them. So this is what you're called to do. And again, if you think it, say it, encourage them. I, I know for me, um, this is something that, that is just just huge, huge for us. Like for example, when my wife Isabel, when she encourages me, Man, I feel like Superman, y'all. Like, I could run through a brick wall, for real. Like, when she says something, even, like, nothing huge. Like, like I mowed the lawn, which we've agreed. Like, that's one of my responses. We'd agree before we even got married. Hey, I'm gonna take care of that kind of stuff. And, and so, like, it's already, we've already talked about it. It's already, I'm not, I'm, like, it's something I'm doing consistently, but still, when she's like, babe, I appreciate you doing that lawn. Ooh, that looks good. The way you did those lines so straight in the edging and the way, oh, oh, that was awesome. When she encourages me, even something dumb like that, man, I walk a little different, (laughs) y'all. I got some swagger in my step. I'm talking to people I don't even know, holla at your boy, you know? And then something big. Like, hey, like you killed that message. Like you, you, you slayed it. You did, it It was awesome, man. How, how you helped that couple or how you helped that family or what God's doing at Christ's coming. When she says that, you better believe, man, I, I am walking differently. There's a confidence there. But also, and she doesn't do this. I thank the Lord for that, but she could also make me very little, very small quickly because I care about her opinion the most. Y'all with me? And so not shame and past. If you're married here, you're not like elbowing, trying to bruise your spouse beside you. You're saying, hey, not guilt, not shame from this day forward. I'm gonna change some things. We're both working on some things because we wanna be better. Be little, make small, encourage, put courage in them. All right, let's keep going. We're gonna fly through these. Number four, the fourth deadly sin of relationships. Write this down if you're taking notes. Secrets, especially in marriage, but secrets now. And week number two, so if you're brand new, again, check out the other messages. But week two, I did a message called Lies of Loneliness. And if you're in a lonely season, that's a really, really good message for you to lean into, to watch on YouTube, it's on Spotify as well. So I won't spend a lot of time because I talked about secrets, but, but you just need to hear this from your pastor that secrets don't help relationships, they hurt them. Well, pastor, if she only knew, I'm telling you, it will be worse if you hide it from her because it's eventually gonna come out. And so you need to voluntarily share that struggle, that issue, involve us. We'd love to step beside you to help in that process, but secrets destroy relationships all the time. What does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 13? Love is all about trust. It's about trust. And so the cure, the solution to secrets is vulnerability. And again, I talked about this, but here's how this looks practically in my wife and I's lives. We don't have any secrets between us. There's no secrets. Now again, not everybody has to know your, your struggle, but at least one person should know. And if you're married, that's your one person. So I don't try to be Superman because she can see right through that and she knows I'm not Superman. And so I share the struggles. She shares her struggles. Again, here's how this looks practically. We have the same money, the same money. And I know that's like, Ugh, we we don't do that because she got her job and I got my job and one of you makes twice as much as the other, but that's one way that we're vulnerable. That, hey, and for example, my wife, she, she doesn't work outside the house, so she's not getting a paycheck, but all, all, all the money that, that I have, it's is, is her money too. Y'all with me on that? And so that's, I know it's, we don't do that in culture, but that's just kind of how, how it is and that, that helps. Uh, here's another one, uh, same, like same accounts, so same bank accounts, uh, same logins, She knows my passwords, I know her passwords. She's allowed to get on on my phone without asking. What, yes. If anything, she should be alarmed if I'm like, no, you do your thing and I'll do my thing, right? Like, Like we gotta be so careful with this uh share passwords she can look on my phone i look on her phone and 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 again we share about our our struggles so there's trust there and so we can cry together uh we can celebrate together when something's going great we we do that when something's uh not going great we talk about it the cure to secrets is vulnerability vulnerability is this helping anybody today maybe just me all right here's the next one number five the fifth deadly sin of relationships is comparison comparison That one struck a chord, I can tell. This is big. Comparison kills contentment, I'll tell you that. And you're wondering why you're not happy. It's not because your spouse isn't doing what you wish they would do. You think it's that, but the reason why you're not happy is because you're comparing your spouse to your best friend's spouse. You're comparing your spouse to some person you don't even really know, you just follow them on Instagram. You're comparing your spouse to, to somebody you knew way back when. You're comparing your spouse to who you thought they would be before you met your spouse. Comparison, it kills contentment, it's a real issue and social media has made this even more difficult. There's two big reasons why I'm not on social media a ton, I'll just be real with you. may offend somebody, but that's okay. The first is comparison, because I don't wanna compare for good or bad my wife to anybody or my life or what's happening here to anybody for good or bad. But then also too, I can't handle y'all's political views on social media, (laughs) so I just can't. First service got real quiet when I said that, but it just is what it is. So two big reasons. And again, social media is not bad, but you gotta be careful with it. And here's what we do. I know I've done this many different times, but what we can do is is we can see somebody's posts on social media and how great that they're projecting their life to be. And we we compare their highlight reel to our everyday life. So, So here's what I mean like this. So they posted that they went to Cabo and you're like, man, they look good, they're in shape. They must got all this money, must be nice for them. And then here you are comparing it to where you are currently and you're in McDonald's you know your kids are splitting a happy meal, and you're trying to make sure they don't kill each other. You know, and you're like, you're like, you're like, uh, I, I want to be in Cabo. I want, I want that. I don't want this. Here's what you didn't know about that post: is they went into extreme debt to get to Cabo. Here's what you didn't know about that post: is they had a huge fight right before that picture. And man, they didn't even want to be there anymore. One of them's wanting to leave, but what they gotta do? They gotta do it for the gram, and they gotta take a selfie and like they got it all together. That guy didn't really have that six pack, he's just sucking in, you know, it's just like. <laughs> that's what I do all, all day, and that's hard, man, he's like, oh, breath. <laughs> but you see where I'm going with this? Can't compare people's highlight reel, they don't post about all that junk and all that issues, and if they, should, if they do, they shouldn't, <laughs> but most people don't, they, they post the highlight reel. Or maybe your, 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 um, your kids are teenagers or young adults, and just, you know, they're around here once in a while, they got a lot going on, that kind of deal, and and what happens? You, you see that family, you know, down the street and they, they post that, that they're, they're doing this awesome trip, you know, universal with their teenagers and they're like on a roller coaster and they're doing this and everybody's got their arms around each other and they actually love each other. And then you got your teenagers that won't even talk to you unless you have money for them. Some of y'all laughed way too hard on that one. You're like getting too real. Not only that, but, but you can't even get your teenager to clean their room. And then you got this family and it looks like it's all hunky-dory. I'm telling you it's not real, it's, it, it, it's this fake picture, it is filtered, so stop comparing your spouse or your relationship for good or bad to someone else, you've heard that statement many, many different times, well the grass is greener on the other side, that is false, here's the better statement, lock this away in your heart and mind, the grass is greener where you water it, gotta watch out gotta stop comparison so here 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 is the um here is the solution to comparison this has really helped me and it's a struggle but the the solution is gratitude gratitude in fact you'll learn this that it is impossible to complain and have gratitude at the exact same moment just like it is impossible to worship god be thankful to god and be stressed out in the exact same moment you can't do both And so you choose, am I gonna be grateful for who they are and what I have? Because even though it's messy and it's a struggle, I know that everybody struggles in relationships, including my pastor. And so I'm gonna be grateful for not who I wish they were or I thought they were, but who I actually have. And again, maybe you wouldn't think this looking at me, but like I struggle with gratitude. I really do. You're like, no, you're always like shouting and smiling and all, yeah, most of the time, But what i've learned and just what life just when it happens to just like life is not easy as we all know and it's in those bad difficult seasons that i can be ungrateful like everybody's happy when they won the lottery and all the kids are getting along you know that kind of deal but like when life is tough it's it's hard to be be grateful so here's this one practical thing that i've done and i've had to do it in different seasons but i remember when we first got married of course didn't have kids and and, and I was a youth pastor at the time, not, not making much. We lived in a tiny, tiny little apartment. It was in the North Dallas area. Uh, we were both working. And, and I remember, and, and then church there too, like we're a revitalization, God bringing back to life. And that was the case there in North Dallas too. And you would never know that looking back at that church now, and, um, but it was a di- difficult season. So professionally, uh, with our finances, just our relationship. How many of y'all know if you've been married, like the first year is really tough in marriage too. And so we just had a lot of difficulty. And so I, I, I acknowledged it, which I'm hoping you will too, if this is a struggle, but I acknowledged before Isabel, my wife, and also the Lord that, that I'm not being grateful enough. And so here's what we did practical is before we would go to bed, laying side by side in that tiny little apartment, what we would do is, and it took two to three minutes, but we would each take turns saying five things we were grateful for. Just out loud, very simple. And then we'd go to bed or we would do what married people get to do, you know? And it, and it would be fun. But still, some of you are like, that was last week, I thought, no, I had to get in a little bit this week. But like, that, that really helped us. And we didn't have to do that forever, but, but it helped us, it's a very, very small thing, but it made a big, big difference. All right, last couple of things. Right, here's number six, the six deadly sin of relationships. Number six is carelessness, carelessness. It's a deadly sin. It's a real, real issue. And I wanna be very, very honest with you. I've met with a lot of of different married couples here in the church, outside the church, even in Dallas where I'm from. from. But I've I've met with way too many couples that once the honeymoon was over, once they started having kids, or even like once the kids moved out and they were empty nesters. They could've been married for a long time. But I've, I've met way too many couples that They treated their marriage, that closest relationship, like far too careless, just assuming that that person would always be there. And they treated something that they should have been so intentional, so committed to, to invest in so much, they treated it way too too lightly. So I just really wanna encourage you, especially if you're married, no matter how long you've been married, short or a long time, really wanna encourage you that you've gotta be so intentional. In fact, it's gonna take an investment. Here's what happens. We look at a couple that's strong in their marriage. My man must be nice, always get along. Here's what they'll tell you. They had to work at their marriage to get it that way. Not only that, it doesn't maintain itself. They gotta keep working, keep working on it. Strong marriages don't happen by coincidence and they definitely don't happen overnight. So you gotta invest. What does investment mean? Time, energy, money. Wait, 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 money, yes, money. What do you mean by that? Here's, here, here's what I mean. One of the ways that you can make sure, and here's the opposite of it, is protection. But one of the ways you can protect your marriage, not treat it careless, but protect it, is to continue to date your spouse way past the honeymoon. Some of us guys, we think so incorrectly about this and, and I have to even be careful, but it's like, all right, Once she said, I do at the wedding, I had witnesses there, (laughs) she's mine. (laughs) And I'm not gonna pursue her any longer. You you gotta keep pursuing her. You keep running after her. Ladies, the same thing. It it didn't stop there. You gotta keep pursuing, keep going. That's one of the ways he protects. So here's what this looks like for us. We've been married a little over 10 years now. And through every season, and it's not always easy, but through every season, we continue to date each other. And some seasons are harder than others. We're in a good season right now. My mom and dad are here, because maybe you've got kids, but your parents are not around. And, but we didn't always have that. It took a couple years for them to get here. But not only that, I remember, um, when we first got married, we had no money. And we were like, you know what we gotta do when you're balling on a budget? You don't have to go to a fancy restaurant. Some of you are like, well, when I get more money, we'll go on dates again. No, 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 you won't. If you don't do it now, you won't do it then. That's good preaching, but I know it's a little hard to hear, but that's good preaching. You gotta start now. And so we're balling on a budget and we're like, man, we can't go to a fancy restaurant. We can't go to a steak place. We can go to steak and shake though. And, and we have no shame with this. I know a lot of people do nowadays, but you shouldn't. So I'll hopefully just get that shame off of you. But we have no shame taking a coupon to a fast food place. I knew I was with my people, man. It's like, ain't too bougie for that, you know? It's like, and if you gotta split something, you split something. I mean, just it is what it is. And we go to a fast food place, why? Because you don't have to pay a waiter. And so I'm gonna set some of you free right now because even at fast food places, and this drives me crazy, it's a personal pet peeve of mine. But I hate even at like Taco Bell or, or even at, you know, Whataburger I don't think does this, but other places, what, what do they try to do? They ask you after you order, do you wanna round up and support some random charity? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. So we like, what, you say that? Yeah, why? Because I'm already investing here in God's house with my money. I'm already tithing into an offering. You don't shame me into this. And by the way, when would I ever trust Taco Bell if they're really gonna get that money that people they say they're gonna help? I just set some people free today. You can say no. I, I, it does not bother me one bit. I already know where I'm investing in God's house. I'm, it's already going there. I'm helping a lot more people and I can trust the church with all the accountability, stuff we talk about in Grow track, which happened after this, like, like, that's what I'm gonna do. But no waiter, and you just gotta do it. And then when we have kids, it's one of the ways that you protect, not be careless, be intentional. When you have kids, it gets even more difficult. So it's not just a money thing, because diapers are expensive, but it's also like the time and it's, I remember we, a lot of times we had to get the kids uh, down for, for bed and, and we just prayed in Jesus' name, in the spirit, like whatever we had to do, would they stay asleep? Please, God. And They didn't always stay asleep, but we'd play a board game at the house. We'd pop popcorn and that would be our day. That counts? Yes. That counts. We're trying to invest. Are y'all with me, church? Like this is important. It's worth the investment. We don't want to be careless. Same thing about other relationships. You can kind of, you know, connect the dots and what that would look like practically. But we want to invest. We want to invest. Alright, here's the last thing. Number seven. Seventh deadly sin of relationships is giving up. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is how I wanted to end today, but then also this, this series. And again, I'm not shaming your past. If you've been divorced multiple times, I'm not shaming you. Nothing like that from this day forward. I'm going to encourage you. To not give up. In fact, I tell couples this all the time. It is always too soon to give up, always. In divorce, no one wins. It was mutual, no it wasn't. No it wasn't, it, it hurts. There's pain that you carry. So don't give up, don't throw in the towel. It's always too soon to give up. So that's the sin, here's the solution, perseverance. And that's what the word says here. Love never fails right before that, love perseveres. It's this Greek word, hoopamone. It means steadfast, it's grit. you are digging your heels in. I'm not leaving, I am staying, I am committed to this now. there's differences in all the scenarios, and if some of you are thinking, well, what about this, if this happens, what about this? I can counsel all that individually, okay, I'm talking generally hey we're we're gonna move forward together, we're going to move forward. yeah, we're going to get help, if we need a counselor, if we need a pastor like we're going to do that we're not we're not going to give up, and so here's how you don't give up, and this is Everything I've said, you could forget it all and remember this, God first, God first. What's the key to your marriage, God first? Way before I was a pastor here, God first? God first in our marriage, God first in my life, my wife's life, God God first before our kids. Our kids aren't the CEOs of our life. Our world doesn't revolve around them, it revolves around Jesus. It's hard enough staying married and having your marriage thrive with Jesus, can't even imagine without Jesus. So keep him first, pursue him together, go after God together. And all that other stuff will melt away and God will help you. Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe it? Why don't you bow your heads with me, close your eyes. Jesus, I pray right now. I pray God for those that are hurting especially. We go through seven deadly sins like this and we walk through 1 Corinthians 13 and we're reminded of pain, we're reminded of hurt and turmoil. And I pray, God, for those that are hurting, that God, your healing hand be placed upon their head. That God, you would heal what's been broken, that you'd restore, that you'd mend together the broken pieces, that you'd heal hurting hearts, heal marriages in fact if you're sitting beside your spouse right now in the room or online would you grab their hand squeeze it tightly I want to pray over you Jesus I pray for our marriages representing this house I know the enemy the devil wants to take them out but God you are greater and so I pray God even if they've got to have some difficult discussions today that God even if they've they've got to get a pastor involved or a counselor involved again not a friend not a family member nothing like that to go to the right source. But I pray, God, they would do what they can in the natural, but I pray, God, that right now you would do the supernatural. That forgiveness would flow, grace would flow, mercy would flow. You have not left their marriage. The best days, come on, hear this. The best days, receive this in Jesus' name. The best days for your marriage, they're not behind you, they're in front of you. The future is bright, there is a hope. All of those relationships can be redeemed they can be renewed. I love that word renew, because it's not what you once had, it's even better than ever before. I speak that in Jesus' name over our marriages. God, I pray for those that are single or single again. Maybe they just went through a divorce. They're hurting, they're broken. They feel like it's too late. Hear the word of the Lord. He has not left you, he will never forsake you. His love is strong. He is faithful, even when others have not been faithful. He is faithful. And I pray, God, they would turn to you. They would turn to you. You're at the center of their life. You are the one that they need. Restore, help, heal. God, I pray for all of us that right now, if you haven't already, that right now, Lord, that you would highlight one of these things, a couple of these things that we need to work on. Again, we do what we need to do in the natural, but you do the supernatural. I pray God that that, that we would be humble, have humility before you. I, I feel this right now that the Lord is saying there's pride rising up in somebody. Well, I don't really need this or I'll figure it out on my own. That's pride. You need the Lord, you need his word. Don't act like you can do it on your own, you can't. Don't learn that the hard way. Hear the word of the Lord that he's pausing this service right now to communicate to you. You need God, you need his word. You are not enough on your own, but he is more than enough. God, we humble ourselves right now, knowing that it's way better that we humble ourselves than you having to humble us. So we walk in humility, even the best of us, we miss it, we fail, there's no perfect relationships that any of us have. We need you, help us Lord. And I pray God again, that you would highlight what you need to highlight and help us to walk that out, to apply some of the things we talked about today, or maybe even something else, an idea that you sparked. And God, I pray lastly for anybody underneath the sound of my voice that's far from you. I pray that today would be their day of salvation. I pray that today they'd put you at the center of their life, that their life revolves around you, not themselves, not their spouse, not their kids, not their career. Their life revolves around the son, you. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered your life to Him. Maybe you've made Jesus a part of your life, but he's not the center of your life. Today, you have a moment, an opportunity right now to get things right with him, to put him at the center of it all. So here's how you do that, very practical. We've been speaking and walking through 1 Corinthians 13 today. Well, there's another book in the Bible. It's called Romans. And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says this, that if you speaking to you, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. God does not make it complicated or confusing. It's clear. You confess, you speak out loud, Jesus, you are my God, my personal Lord and savior. And you put your belief in Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross that you rose from the dead. I know it takes faith because I wasn't there, but I believe that that really happened. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. So right now, if you've never done that, or maybe it's been a long time and you wanna make a fresh commitment, putting Jesus at the center, right now you can do that. You can whisper to the Lord, I'll coach you, but you talk to him, you whisper to Jesus. Jesus, I, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I confess, I speak out loud. You talk to him right now. Jesus, I confess that you are God. You are my God. I make it personal, my God. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe I've got faith and trust in you, that you died so that I could be forgiven. You sacrificed your life for me. And I believe you didn't stay dead, but three days later, it's what we call Easter. I believe, Jesus, in faith, that three days later, you rose from the dead. Believe that really happened. And so, Jesus, you ask him this. So, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. All my sin. Every sin. Past, present, future. Clean me up from the inside out. Wash me. Make me new. Renew my soul. Thank you, God, that I'm not saved by my works, but the work has already been done once and for all on the cross. I just accept your salvation as a gift. It's what it is, it's a gift. I receive you, Lord, I receive you. God, thank you for those that are saying that prayer. They are truly, right now, there's a heavenly transaction. They are going from death to life, on their way to hell without you, to on their way to heaven one day, and for eternity with you. God, thank you for what you've done. You are awesome, you are mighty. We pray all this and we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at ChristCove.net. We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ's covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at ChristCoveHouston.